Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Humans of James River. I'm your host, Ireland Rogan, and today you are listening to Season 2, Episode 12. My guest is a freshman female at James River High School, and she'll be talking about her sister, who was a James River alumni that passed away due to drug abuse. She'll also be talking about her family struggles, and I hope that you all enjoy and learn something from this very inspiring story. So, in 2019, my sister was admitted into a rehab facility named Mount Regis, and it was a big shock to me and my family, especially me, because I was, me and my cousin were probably one of the closest people in the family to her. You know, she had a lot going on. She went to James Madison University, so she was really smart and attended James River as well, and... So it was just a huge shock and like the big picture. So I was the last person to see her before she passed away about a month later, um, attending that program at the rehab. I visited her. It was a nine hour class just to see her for about an hour and short like section. So I had like a 30 minute lunch and then about they gave us maybe a little over an hour, like a 45 minute after we took like four more hours of a class. Um, it was crazy because you, a lot of people think that addiction is like almost a choice. And from what I learned from this whole experience is that addiction is so much of a mental disease as so many other things are like depression and anxiety and all of those types of dis- different disorders. It's not something a person chooses to do. Like maybe in the at the beginning, yeah, the choice was theirs, but later on, their the choice is no longer theirs. It's all a mind thing at that point. Um, she was brilliant, and there's nothing she could do with it towards the end. Sadly, um, <laughs> she overdosed on heroin, which is I is <laughs> a super common drug at this point, which is so sad because it's just such a terrible, terrible thing. Like we had a prisoner come in when I was in eighth grade and speak to our social studies class. And he talked about how when he was out of, in and out of jail, how things just changed, how it went from the main causes of overdoses switch and they went to heroin and fentanyl, which is what my sister passed away, like, OD'd on. And it's just crazy to think how in a short time things can change. And that's just with everything in life at this point. Like, you can be, you know, in a car at one point, then one point, like, you get hit. Like, so many things change at so many different points. Like, you just have to live life to your fullest at this point and you can't really take anything for granted. And so after my sister passed away, it was really tough on me and my dad, especially. It was probably the first time I've ever seen my dad cry in my entire life. And he's really tries not to show his emotions, but it honestly broke him because that was his, that was his first kid. That was his daughter. I honest daughter, but, um, she's my half sister. So her mom, also was just broken and we honestly didn't have a close relationship until like our families until my sister got 
put into the rehab facility and now she's my godmother and I see her every week and I love her. She's here for Christmas and it was just a really hard thing on our families and it also brought us all together in some type of way. Like my family, my, my whole family as a group, like just had a, there was always some type of family drama going on, which like I luckily some people don't have to go through that, but I swear there's always something new in my family every other day. <laughs> like and we started to kind of figure out who was really there for us as a as a tiny family and who was there as like a big picture. And it's sad to have to think that some family didn't really care and didn't want to be there. It's different if some come in because we have some out of state, but there's ones who are in state who just didn't really care, didn't show up, and you just kind of figure out, okay, who's really your family and who's just kind of has to be part of your family. Um, my cousin was probably my biggest just shoulder to lean on. Her and my sister got in a huge fight before she went into rehab, and they were twins, I swear. They're, I don't know how they were not. They're literally the same person in a different body. And so it was always nice to have her, but she was just broken after she found out the news because the last thing they said to each other was that they, you know, they were hating each other, they were going to get rid of their matching tattoos. Like, it was a whole thing, and it just broke her. And she... Obviously, they both didn't mean it. They were both just in such dark places. And I know my like my cousin is just such a sweet person. My sister was the sweetest person. Like, none of them meant it. But they both, both had so much different mental like games going on that nobody could really control what they were saying. And I reconnected with my sister's lifelong best friend named Amber, who also just was a huge shoulder to lean on. Um, she had a little boy at the age of, I think she was 19, 20, um, sweet as little boy, considering my little nephew, his name's Jax, um, so sweet, and she calls me every day and gives me updates, you know, she called me yesterday, it was like, Jax was just staring into a quarter and said, Maddie, and I was like, that's, that's crazy, if I didn't mention my sister's name's Madison, and we swear that he, she's always playing some games with him or playing with toys and she's like some he'll just be sitting in the corner and just talking away just to a wall and some toy will randomly go off and he's playing with it and it's like just across the room i'm just like yep yeah, that's that's her <laughs> um and so pretty much the month and months after a couple months after my sister passed it was just kind of us three me amber and Brittany, my cousin and we were just kind of inseparable we just did everything together anytime we could obviously they were older and some had jobs some had a baby to take care of but we all tried to find ways just to see each other as much as possible and then about november my cousin got in a big um law issue and sadly ended up going to prison for I think it was 11 days, got out, and that was super rough on me. You know, I just lost my sister a couple months before, and then now I felt like I was losing somebody else, and I was just like, why? Like, what in the world did I do to deserve this? What in the world did my family do to deserve this, to feel like we were just losing everybody at this point? And I think I, honestly, something I regret is I took all of those so selfishly, 
because I was like just thinking about myself a lot and I tried not to because I was always told when that happened that I needed to be everybody else's rock but I was like where are all my rocks going like I just lost my biggest rock I ever had in my entire life my biggest shoulder to lean on my shoulder to cry on and then it felt like I just lost another one who <laughs> and then I was, Amber lives in Mechanicsville, so she's pretty far away. She's not always right there. My family, we all live like five minutes away. It's an easy drive. So it just was really, really sad for me. And I definitely grew into a really deep depression around that time. I was always so sad. I really lost a lot of my friends. I was in a really dark place doing stupid stuff. And Obviously, I think I was like super scared when I got into eighth grade. Um, after all that happened, I was like, I could really blow my chances to get into all these programs I wanted to do, do all these things that I had a plan for do, but plan to do. But I totally lost sight of what really happened because I got blinded by everything that happened in my life and not what was going on in school. And I would walk out of class at certain moments. I couldn't sit in class and hear people talk. I couldn't take the hallways. I hated lunch. Lunch, I had to sit in the counselor's office. I couldn't sit in math class because that class was, had the most amount of people in there and I would just get headaches and I would, like everything just hurt at that time. And when my cousin got out and was put on house arrest, that was probably one of the biggest reliefs I had in a long time. Because I was like, oh, it feels like she's kind of back. And my dad had a lot of resentment towards her for a long time because of what happened right before my sister passed away. And it, that really hurt me because I was like, well, now I, like, I don't know if I'm allowed to go over there. I wasn't allowed to really spend the night over there with her for a long time until her and my dad finally talked it out and that was also just a huge relief. I was like, oh, it's just a weight lifted, one more weight lifted off my shoulder. At that point, I can finally go to the person who I literally tell everything, I want to tell everything to. And once she got put in house arrest, it was hard on her, I know, but it just made me realize how one bad decision can really just influence the rest of your life at this point like she's always gonna have something to deal with right now she is back in prison because of house arrest and did went, went on so much longer than she thought she was on house arrest for almost two years because of covid and just court kept getting pushed back and pushed back which she obviously she was able to get a job while in house arrest she was make she was going to work i got to go to work with her i was doing um service hours there like it was just good because I just was able to see her and then now with her being gone it obviously sucks it's kind of feels like oh I kind of lost her again but I know that from last time that she obviously will be back and I just since that I've gotten so much stronger and I know that she's doing okay and my aunt tells me that she loves me and she wished me a happy birthday and her boyfriend comes over all the time he hangs out with us we hang out with him and her dog and you just learn from so many dark spots in your life that you cannot focus on them and you just have to try to look at the glass half full instead of half empty at this point and 
take all the good things and try to remember those but learn from the dark spots that you had and all the sad times because if you try to if you dwell on those and you're really just not going to get anywhere so when i was got out of seventh grade and you know a year passed from my sister's passing it was almost about time to start interviewing for specialty centers which is something i always talked about since I was in fifth grade. My sister went to what was in the specialty program. My cousin was, or her cousin was, she was in class, she went to Clover Hill. So it was just kind of always thing that I was, that was always mentioned to me that, oh, you're super smart, you need to do it, you're, and I always thought about leadership because my sister was like, she's like, that's such a great program, you did great in it, I love it. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's where I want to go. And it came time to start doing applications and make sure all your grades were good. And I was just so scared. I was like, I totally lost track of time. And I could have not been where I am right now if I hadn't realized soon enough. And when it came time to start doing service hours or writing essays and testing, I started to just realize how how much I missed her again, because she always talked about, she's like, oh, I'll, I'll help you with your, I'll read your essays, and I'll try to help find service hours, we can go to SPCA and do all this stuff, and one day it really hit me hard, because I was, I think I was working on the Ginger River um, essay, and I was at my godmother's house, and I was just like, she was supposed to be here, we were supposed to be talking about all of this, and going through the interview process, and she would call me after all my interviews, and instead of sitting there and not doing my essays and, you know, just getting all sad and obviously letting it take control all over again, I was just like, so if she can't be here to witness it, I'm going to do it for her and for myself and show her that I can do it. And I went to the James Ever interview. I... I loved the tour. When I saw the school, I was like, oh my gosh, this is where I want to go. Like, and for a while, I was like, no, maybe I'll get a Cosby. I don't want to feel like I'm living in her shadow. Like, I'm trying to be her and not be myself. Which is what my dad kind of mentioned one time. And I was just like, it's a difference between being myself and wanting to following some type of footsteps than trying to be a totally different person. Like, James River is just a good program in general. I wouldn't, I don't know why anybody wouldn't want to go to James River after being here. Um, I just, I love the program and I'm glad I chose the program. Um, but I went to the interview. I felt so good in the interview. I was kind of nervous at first, but once I got there, it was literally, I was just like, oh, okay. Um, I also got into Cosby and once I got all the, um, like I got mailed, oh, whether I could be acceptance and all that, I saw James Rover and I was like, I don't even need to open Cosby. That, this is where I want to go. I told my mom, I was like, nope, just signing off right now. This is where I'm going. <laughs> and I was super excited. I, was, oh, I couldn't stop smiling. I was calling my godmother. She was so excited. We, I think we went to like ice cream or something that day. Like it was such just a good day, a great, a great day. And, it was just so amazing. It was like, this is what I kind of prepared myself for before everything happened. And even when everything happened, I still was able to get done what I dreamt of getting done since for years now. And 
it was just a great feeling because I know that she's obviously so proud of me and what I've gone through with, and I was still able to reach goals and get to where I am today and continue playing soccer. I've played soccer my entire life and around that time I just didn't want to do it anymore and I'm glad I didn't stop because she, if she was here she would literally knock me upside the head and be like, what are you doing? You, that, you're amazing at that is your passion. You are not stopping. You would never stop playing soccer. No. So I just try to think about, honestly, when I do anything now, I'm trying to think, what would she say to me if I'm doing this right now? Would she literally kill me? I was like, no, okay, I can do it. And all one great memory I have with her is over the summer, she would babysit some kids who lived down the street and we would go to the pool all the time. And when we were driving to their house and she, you know, she picked me up if she was coming back from her mom's house, she'd be like, all right, let's go. And we'd go and go in the car and all the windows would be down. We're blasting music. And that was just always what we did. Music was kind of like our thing, like our time, like anything we did, if we were in a bad mood, if we were, if we were mad, if we were sad, we were like, all right, let's just let's go in the car. Let's go somewhere, let's do something and just blast music. And our relationship wasn't always as close when I was younger because I was just the annoying little sister who nobody wanted around or I was the annoying little cousin. But once I got older, I was like not always trying to do everything they were doing and I didn't want to, oh, let's just touch everything. Our relationship just got so much closer and we would talk about literally everything together. And I kind of took guilt with that at some point because I knew, I didn't know that she was obviously like doing all these bad drugs, but I also knew that she wasn't doing great things. And I just took so much guilt with that. I was like, I could have spoke up. I could have said something, but I was so scared that she would, she wouldn't come back to my dad's, to my house. She would stay with her mom because she did that one time when she got in a fight with my dad over the guy who kind of started all of everything, all the drama in the first place. And he, you know, was like feeding her the drugs and that's kind of just how she got addicted to it at that point. And I was like, I could have said something. I could have done this. I could have done that. And I just took so much guilt with that. And I was also just so angry. At myself, I was like, you, you knew, you knew what's gonna happen. You knew with him, you know, you could have said something to her, but you didn't. And, but I just try to remind myself that there's nothing I could have done at that point. It was so, she was already so far gone. She wasn't herself. And she would tell anybody now, um, if there's one thing she said she was awful at was she would, she would always try to see the positive in everybody when there wasn't always some positive in some people. Some people aren't as good as they always seem appear to be. And I've had to learn that myself just through this experience. And I choose my friends very wisely now. I used to have a bunch of a huge group of friends before all this happened. And then you kind of realize now, you don't need, you don't need to be that popular kid, you don't need to have all the friends. You have one good, solid friend. I think that's good enough for, that's good enough for me. I have one great friend who I literally talk to every single day. I literally was at her house yesterday, like, <laughs> that's, that's my person. And 
that's kind of all I need. Like, I have my, my tiny circle of, like, people I hang out with or talk to on a day-to-day basis, but I don't need all those people like I did. Like, after my sister died, I was like, you cannot trust everybody who you think you can trust all the time. Because after big things happen in your life, like, you learn who your friends are and who, who they aren't. If they're there to check on you, if they start looking at you weird in the hallway, start whispering about you, whispering about what happened to your family, like, that's just not cool. And I dealt with a lot of that in middle school, um, right when it happened. Like, I, and I was obviously not in the best state of mind for it happening, so my, how I, like, responded to all of that negativity wasn't the best. It was just responded to with a lot of, even more negativity at that point, so... I definitely could have gotten myself in a lot of trouble with that. Um, but I also had those true friends at the time who would be like, no, go on, let's, let's, you, you're fine, let's just go, let's go to the counselor's office, let's go sit down, let's get away from all that. And I was really thankful for those people at the time. I'm still friends with um, one of the girls, actually. Um, she goes to leadership as well with me, she's really sweet. Um, I just, I was friends with this one guy at the time and he was there the day that we got the call that my sister passed away and I was like it's like oh like the, I, this kid's gonna have to be my friend for forever like we I was there through so many hard times with him and then he was there the day we got the call my sister passed away I was like all right this is this is my best friend and then we got to high school and all this he took a lot of middle school drama with him, including a middle school girlfriend. And, you know, she wasn't a big fan of me. She didn't like that he had a best friend who was a girl. And, you know, he, he lives right up the street. We literally did everything together. We, summer, that's every day. We were at somebody's house. Every day we were at the pool, we were doing something. And then early this year, um, it was actually 2021. It was, like, literally first couple weeks of 2021 we kind of we finally just tried to talk to each other and you know we were like just saying our goodbyes and obviously he'll always have a place in my heart as my best friend because he was there on like the hardest day of my entire life and hope I was still somewhat important to him and I just talked to my godmother about it and she was just like what would you do if all this happened and he would try to come back to you? I was like, I cannot sit here and tell you that I would shut him out and be like, no, I don't want you in my life because I, I couldn't. There's, I physically could not because he was so important to me. But I also couldn't say that I would have a hundred percent trust and want to hang out with him right off the bat again because you did, you did hurt me. Like I've never cried over like losing like such a close person like other who was like not in my family. And that, like, I was bawling my eyes out because I lost such a good friend, such a good person in my life. And, and what hurt me the most was, like, he chose me, like, he chose some little girlfriend over, like, a, a strong friendship that's been there way before somebody else was. And also, I thought of myself again, I was like, oh, I'm being greedy, like, but I also wasn't, like, interfering with the relationship at all. Like, I'm not that type of person. I'm not. I'm, je- I, like, I'm not jealous at all. I'm probably the most unjust person you ever meet. Like, I could really care less. I just 
who cared about my best friend and made sure he was okay all the time, and apparently that was too much for her at the time. And, but if he does somehow come back in my life, I would be very happy, but I just want to, I would take my time getting close to that person again. And one of my favorite quotes is, I might have lost you as a friend, but it doesn't mean I gained you as an enemy. I still want to see you eat, but just not at my table. And I, when I lose a friend or fall out of a relationship or anything like that, I try to stick by that. I, just because we might not be as close as we were does not mean that I want to sit here and talk bad about you or anything like that. Like, I'm just not the type of person. Like, any, if I was dating somebody and it just, like, ended or anything like that, it doesn't mean, oh, I hate you now. Like, I'm, I try to stay friends or stay, like, acquaintances with as many people as possible. I hate, I hate drama. I think that's just so immature. Like, me personally, I just feel like I don't have the time for that. I have such, like, a plan for my future that I, if anybody's, does need that drama or is like loves that stuff like I that's what I mean by like when I try to watch my friends like I try to stay away from those type of people like me and my friends all have some one main thing in common is that we all have a huge future ahead of us and want to see that future happen and just stay away from the drama like <laughs> that's one anything I could tell anybody is to stay away from the drama I was in it so much in like sixth grade and seventh grade and then when I hit eighth grade after my sister passed away I was like I just don't have time for it like I was in full-on I need to get into especially I need to get into James River same than James River I need to focus on my future like and I've just been trying to grind out so hard since then and my grades and geometry it's the worst class I've ever taken. I'm amazing at math. I've been in honors class my entire life. Geometry is kicking my butt right now. But I, and when that happens, I do not give up. I'm telling you, do not give up because you would just be farther behind than you ever imagined. And as soon as I realized that, I was, that this, is not, this is not my class, I got extra help. I studied like every night for that class. And I've obviously seen so much improvement since then. And if you're, you think you're good at a subject, like in middle school, if you were good at a subject, you really did not have to study. But when I got into, when I got into high school, I realized that, no, you might be good at a subject, but you, you will not get anywhere without studying for a class. Like you might be, you might, oh, I'm, oh, I'm really good at um, like biology, at science, or oh, cells, that's easy. Yeah, but it's, Think if you're talking about cells in eighth grade, yeah, multiply that by ten, and then you have cells in biology. <laughs> like you cannot just sit there and like, oh, scan through class, get on your phone, like, oh, okay, okay, and then you see the homework, and you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like that's that's pretty much how it would be if you did not focus on any of these classes. And I'm just so thankful that the leadership program is so like it's, it's like a it's a huge family. And that's honestly what I was looking for when I was like going into a specialty center. Like I was trying to get away from all the drama at my middle school and all the drama that I knew that would go into the high school I'm disrupted at. And I was like, that's that's not who I am. If I go there, I can't see myself 
where I want to see myself. I would not feel like I'd move myself all over again if I ended up going there. And had to stay with all those, all those people that I wasn't friends with and had so much trauma with and I just, what it wasn't what I wanted anymore for myself. And when I got a dream tripper, all the teachers are literally the nicest people ever. I love all my leadership teachers. I love Mr. Doyle, Mr. Dredd, Mr. McClure, literally. And when I get in their classes, it's just like, okay, today's gonna be a good day. Like, I have Mr. Doyle every single day. It's first period class, it's just like, yes, I can stop the day off with a huge, just a smile. Like, he's always saying some type of joke and it's just amazing and always, I know it's not even just me, it's like everybody in my class, like, we'll take jokes from Mr. Doyle's class and we talk about them in Mr. Sh- Mr. McClure's class or Ms. Stritt's class, and it's just a huge, it's a huge family, like, we're always cracking jokes, and it's definitely different, um, obviously, I wouldn't know, because I haven't really gone into James River, but on the computer, but I'm just really excited for next year when... Hopefully we all will start off in school and everything will just be a hundred times different. But from what I've experienced now, everything is just so amazing at Dreams Ever and I literally love it. And it's really just, it goes with how I see myself now as a person than I did years ago when all of this drama was going on. Because when, when my sister died, I was like, this is not the person she would want me to be. It's not the person I want myself to be. But more importantly, this is the person she would want to see me be. And after that happened, I was just like, I have to take all my emotions that I have on this and put it on something else. So I took all the emotions, I'd take it out on soccer, I'd take it out on, you know, all right, you're mad, all right, you you need to write a whole paragraph, like, do your homework, take the anger out on your homework, like, do something just with all those emotions and just sit there and do nothing because it just it makes everything worse. It makes you a hundred times sadder, a hundred times sadder, and at the point, there's nothing you can do about it. It's it's already happened. It's past, present, future. It's always going to be there. But it's like, what are you going to do with it when it's there? Are you just going to let it face you? Are you going to let it just take control of your entire life? Are you going to take control of your Are you going to take back your life and do everything that you want to do in the future and even more than that? Like, that's what I try to think about when... I hit those dark spots every other day or, you know, every month or anything like that. It's just, what do you want to do with your life? You know what you want to do, so don't let all these bad thoughts or the sadness take over that again because that's not what you want at the end of the day. Well, thank you for sharing. And I know we've, I talked to you about this, but I feel like I we have so much in common and when you're talking I can see so much of myself in you which is just selfishly saying because you're amazing and your story is amazing and just seeing you're a freshman and you really have so much maturity and you know what you're doing with your life and I think having to mature so quickly at such a young age um, having to lose your sister it's not something you know I lost my just for context if people don't know I lost my mom and so losing someone at such a young age makes you grow up and obviously that sucked has sucked obviously for both of us but it's what makes you mature and gives you those goals you know what you want and you know what you don't want and that's something that a lot of 14 year olds or 15 year olds literally can't say like a freshman in high school can't say oh yeah I'm gonna stop I'm not going to talk to these people because they cause drama. They're just thinking, 
oh, I want to be popular. So I'm going to talk to these people because it'll make me cool. But having already realized that because you know what's important in your life, like that's not what's important. I, that's, it's so ad- admirable. It's crazy. Um, I'm so glad that you ended up, I mean, obviously it was fate and it was your sister. You end up at James River, but I'm just, I'm really glad that you're here because the center is definitely benefiting um, from having you in it. Um, and so I do have a couple of questions, nothing too crazy, but um, I was just, this is kind of like more of like an overarching question, but um, what lessons have you learned from just all the experiences that you've gone through, like with between your sister and your cousin and your guy best friend that you just recently lost? What are those major lessons that you've learned from those different experiences? Um, that just life is a huge roller coaster and you have to take it one hill at a time. And, and honestly, that you only really have one life and you have to live it and you cannot dwell on one thing because life will go by super fast, faster than you think. Like, literally, I feel like yesterday I was going into middle school. Like, I remember that day so clearly. So I can't just dwell on these bad things. I need to, like, you need to thrive on them and just take them along with the ride, honestly. And you just deal with them one time, one day at a time. And you, I just realized that you get through it eventually. Some things take longer than others, but... You get through them. You just have to focus on the good times, then all the bad times that you that might you might have had more bad times than good times. But focus on the one good time you might have had, and just the hundred bad times. Honestly, no, I yeah, I totally agree with that. And just looking at the having to look at the glass half full versus half empty, which is something we also talked about. But also, you know, it's really hard, especially for teenagers, to feel optimistic and be optimistic when you feel like the whole world is like shattering down on you and you're just a kid so you feel like you can't do anything um but yeah optimism is key and it does take a lot like you just have to get through the bad stuff to get to the good stuff but it's it'll always come always come um and kind of an introspective question what would you say to looking at your seventh grade self what would you tell that girl oh, just that things get so much better like um, I would, I would say don't, don't hang out with a certain group of people that you did because that's probably what got me just in a darker time that I could have avoided. Um, but also just that things get better. Like it's still gonna hurt. It's just the pain's still gonna always be there. I mean, she was your sister, so there's not like there's no forgetting that. But just focus on your goals and you start to achieve them and yes all starts to get better slowly but surely it really does i think that's some great advice um and it's totally okay if you don't feel comfortable answering this question i just i got this question from miss ava McHugh, who asked me this question on my episode that i still remember her asking me um and if you could say anything to your sister right now what would you say to her? I'm um, just, I miss her, I love her, and I'm trying to make myself and her and Brittany and mom and dad and Christina just so proud. And I'm just trying to get through it one day at a time, but I'm really, really trying, and I'm just working so hard right now and hoping that she and everybody else sees it because I know that I really see the 
to the improvement than what I was doing, for sure. Yeah, she's, I already know, she's definitely proud of you. And that's something, you know, when losing someone so important in your life, you think about that a lot. Even if you're not consciously, it's always at the back of your head, like, are they seeing what I'm doing? And like, also acknowledging like your improvement is so amazing because sometimes people struggle with that and you should acknowledge your, um, the amazing things that you've done and how you've grown as a person. Um, I already know she's so proud of you. And what you were saying earlier about, um, your, your nephew, basically your nephew seeing like that. I love, I love those like little things that like he definitely, she's definitely there. And like, I have those instances with my mom too, like random, like when a couple of years ago we had like a, we, on her birthday, we made a birthday cake and had candles. They were normal candles, just normal candles. And then we were all trying to blow them out and they wouldn't blow out. They were not trick. We were like, Oh, that's, that's her. Like there's no other explanation for that. No, they're just like, the best feelings. Like you, when you feel like maybe they're not there with you, maybe they're not look, you know, that's like them being like, yeah, I'm here. I know what you're doing. I see you. We see each other. One thing I did yeah. mention, but on the day of her memorial, there was a butterfly. And that's just kind of her thing. There was everything was butterflies. Like, um, I'm getting a, in a couple of years, I'm going to get a butterfly tattoo and like a memorial of her. My mom and dad have one. Like, everybody has something for her with like some type of butterfly. There's a butterfly that wouldn't leave us alone. It was in all the tents. It, Landed like I was. I had photos of me and my godmother holding the butterfly, and it was purple. That was her favorite color. It was JMU and jeans ever. Purple was just always her her thing. And it was just like, yep, that's that's her. That's that mm-hmm. t- That's amazing. And I know it's funny too because my nana always she tells me that like butterflies are like your angels from heaven, like coming down and watching over you. And we had like all these butterfly bushes. I feel like butterflies are weirdly like, so it's like a spiritual thing. <laughs> like I don't even like, I'm planning on getting butterflies behind my ears. Um, when I, well, I did just turn 18, but probably not yet, but I'm planning on getting them. <laughs> um, I'm like an old person now, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely just having those symbols and having that is just so valuable when missing someone because you know that they're always there. Um, the last thing I wanted to ask was more of an advice question. Um, and I know you had touched on this a little bit, but what advice would you just give to someone, um, literally any age, just going through just losing someone, either a literal death or maybe losing a friend um what would you what advice would you give um, that person definitely talk find somebody that maybe a family member or another friend just somebody to talk to because if you hold in all your emotions like at some point you know one last thing's gonna hit you're just gonna crack and you're fall apart you might go off and somebody might not mean to you might do something dumb you might start like just losing yourself like i definitely advise talking about it because there's time where i didn't talk and it got really bad and then i finally just started talking to somebody talking to my mom talking to my counselor at school or talking to my friends like it definitely just helps like getting it out find somebody to talk to who won't judge you if you start crying or you just start like being on a pillow or anything just talk to somebody who because I've definitely had those moments where, like, I'm crying on the phone with one of my friends, or, like, I'm, like, punching a pillow because I'm so mad. Like, just find somebody who's, like, not, who will not judge you at all, and just somebody that you can trust and definitely talk to about anything or everything that's going on. I totally agree. That is some solid advice, especially with, you'll, you'll have meltdowns, and people sometimes feel shame about that, but literally everyone has mental, like, like, I can 
think about times where I had those meltdowns where I was like just crying a hot mess. But if you have a family member, friend, just some important valued person in your life that won't judge you, definitely finding that one. And like you were saying before, like you can have just one good friend and that's enough. Like if you just have that one person, that's your person and gets you and won't judge you for crying and screaming, banging on pillows or whatever you need to do. Um, that's definitely, that's sometimes the best therapy. Like I think therapy is a great thing, even though it's scary. Um, but even just talking to a friend that gets it is so valuable. Um, but anyways, that's all I have. Do you have any final words, anything you need to, you want to say to the people? Um, just it was a pleasure being on here. Um, one more thing though. So if you, I did, when I lost my sister, me and my brother went to this amazing camp and it was a camp full of everybody who like lost a sibling or lost a parent or lost both parents or a grandparent. And I met so many amazing people there. So, um, definitely just, if you need somebody to talk to, find, you know, they have so many support groups around here that I went to a couple of them. So there's always some type of way to reach out to somebody or talk to somebody or just let everything out. There's always, always some type of way. Yeah. There's always a community out there for you. And this is this platform that I have. I'm always here. If anyone listening, if you need someone to talk to, I'm here literally just to be your therapist, like just to chat not even to record, just, you know, you have, everyone has, especially thinking about people at Jane River, you have a community that loves and supports you. Um, so thank you for being on. Thank you for talking with me and sharing your story. You're obviously incredible. Um, and I know you're, this, this is just going to help so many people and so many people will be able to relate and just resonate, res- like just knowing you're not alone is really important. Um, so thank you. I just want to say another huge thank you to my guest today. She's absolutely incredible and it has been such an honor to get to know her and just to help her share her story, especially um, one that is pretty dear to my heart since I can relate on multiple levels. And I just really hope that you guys took um, at least one thing away from it. I feel like, you know, I, I took a lot away from it. I've learned just through doing this podcast, but especially this episode, you know, a 14 year old can already know so much about life and her, she knows her goals. Like you guys heard, you know, she has goals and she's going to meet and surpass them. I know it because she's awesome. She's so incredible. Um, and so it's just, it's really inspiring to hear. And like I said, I just hope that you guys took something away from it because I know I did. And I just really hope that you all enjoyed hearing her incredible story. If you don't already follow the Humans of James River on Instagram and Facebook, you should totally do that at Humans of JR Pod as well. You can um, check out our website if you haven't yet or if you're, you know, because you can listen to this on iTunes or the website. And the website is www. Um, humansofjamesriver.com you can totally check that out if you want I think it's a pretty cool website (laughs) Uh, I might be a little biased though (laughs) Um, I also have a GoFundMe page that you can find on all my socials it would mean a lot if um, you want to donate even 
like a dollar or anything helps and it really means a lot to me and it helps just continue this podcast um as well when this is posted um the teacher panel number two will have already happened I bet it went amazing so I just want to thank everyone who came out to that and just be looking forward to the March teacher panel um and all the ones to follow because I'm doing it every month. It's very exciting. Um, let me try to think. Is there anything else I want to say? Or anything to say? Oh, oh, if you <laughs> if you ever need someone to talk to, I'm always here. Um, or if you want to talk on the podcast or want to write an essay or anything, always my DMs are open as well. Um, you could always shoot me an email, humansofjrhs at gmail.com. Um, I'm always here for each and every one of you. Um, all of you are so incredibly loved. And I know right now everything is so crazy. Um, just obviously concerning school, people are deciding. Um, when I'm recording this, um, the form is due tomorrow. Um, for if you want to stay virtual or go in person, I know that's a big decision for a lot of people. And a lot of people are struggling with it. I struggled with it. Um, as well, just everything that's happening right now. So if you just need someone to talk to or a shoulder to cry on, I'm, I'm here. I'm always here. Um, always here for every, all of you. And I hope that you know that. And really, cause I'm literally, anyone can text me now. I will be there for you. I promise. <laughs> um, but I really, I want to thank you guys all for listening to this podcast um, and just being on this journey with me, it means a lot to me. Um, and I'm excited. I'm excited for the future of the Human of James River. And I'm not done yet. So we'll see what else happens this year. <laughs> um, thanks again for listening. And I look forward to talking to you guys soon. Bye. <laughs>